Oh shit, here we go again. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. RC, we are under attack. Oh, is that so? Weep for the internet reviewers because no one else will. My grandma dead, ain't no one praying for us. Our girl, Lizzo. Oh yeah, what was that all about? For the second time in about a year, an artist I like personally went on Twitter and just decided to vent about music reviewers. And I'm not really sure what caused it this time, because first, for background, uh, if y'all remember, we didn't really talk about it, but Kalani went on Twitter and was talking about how if you don't grow up in the areas that these artists grow up in, you have no business talking about the music they make because you haven't shared their experiences. And people thought she was talking about Anthony Fantano. I just want to say for the record, she apparently was not. When people lash out at reviewers, it's usually because people aren't being too kind to their project. They're getting bad reviews or whatever. Because I Love You by Lizzo currently has an 83 or an 84 on Metacritic, so that can't be the case. I don't even know if she was talking about her own record. She could have just been talking about music reviewers in general. She might have been reading uh, someone else's review. Maybe she read that review of Greta Van Fleet, and she thought that that was really unfair, and that they should have been a little nicer to him. Who knows? This has come up before about the music reviewers, and if you don't make music yourself, that you shouldn't. Uh, have any say, but you, you are an exception. As someone who has the, the quote unquote bona fides that you would say someone would have to have to be a critic, you know what I mean? Cause like, I actually studied music. I actually went to school for music. I got masters and da da da. Even I'm saying you don't really need that. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> like as long as you can relate, as long as you can use your words to relate properly, how you feel uh, the music uh, hit you, what the fuck is the issue? At the end of the day, it's a case-by-case basis. You know what I'm saying? Like, just listen to what the reviewer's saying. If it sounds like bullshit, just don't listen. <laughs> you know, like, what, what are you angry at these people for? I review female artists sometimes, right? And I think that there is probably a more qualified female, like, person out there to talk about some of the topics that, like, today, like, we're talking about Lizzo today, and as much as I'm going to try to bring my perspective, like, as I was listening to some of this music, I was like, you know, I can see probably a female, a female perspective could probably be a little bit more intricate than I could about this. But at the same time, like, I'm still going to offer, you know, what I have to say, because it could be good that I'm offering a perspective that might like, you know, a, a nuance of, of the perspective that might be helpful or, or just being able to be like, hey, I am a person saying, you know, check out this artist if they're good. You know what I mean? I could maybe listen to an album and be like, this reminded me of blank and it might be a band or an artist that you have never heard of you wouldn't have been able to make that connection because you didn't hear them but you might have a different opinion be like actually i had a similar thought but i thought it sounded like this the point of reviews in the end of the day is to inform a unsure uh potential buyer this isn't really saying if it's a good thing or a bad thing with music listeners your average music listener i I think we're different because we kind of scope things out on our own and We do a podcast that requires us to listen to albums on a weekly basis to review them. But your average person might not be willing to take the time to listen to an album on their own on a complete whim. For for some people, it feels like a risk. You don't necessarily have to buy the album to listen to it. Usually you can just go on Spotify, you can take a sample or whatever. But some people, even that is asking too much. And there is when a reviewer is useful. But that being said... 
we're gonna carry on and review because <laughs> i love you by lizzo her third full-length album long awaited and matter of fact i have been listening to uh lizzo and pivot gang so when you brought them up to me like oh yeah do you know they're dropping albums this week i was like oh, oh are they now because <laughs> i've been um you know on my station channel you know just in case y'all know out there you know this sunday when this uh, episode goes up we're probably going to be doing a, you know a little bit of a maybe a stream or two or one, one or two of these albums but the number one track on this goddamn album i've been playing that shit non-stop <laughs> on my fucking radio station because this shit is so fucking powerful and you don't hear the type of style she's doing where it's just like full and fucking it swings and it's just it has so much personality like god damn just last week we were talking about how white america was like the perfect album opener this is <laughs> right the fuck up there the title track because i love you is a incredibly powerful track i don't even know what what word would work better than powerful it like is explosive just <laughs> it's explosive it is in your fucking face but what's so good about it too is that it's such an interesting mix of styles because the verses are kind of more like a like a almost rapped kind of talk singy but the chorus is like it's a total flick of a switch it's like 1960s soul but brought into the new millennium you know what it is Amy Winehouse and uh, uh, Adele, you know, they're they're tight, they're dope, but I feel like this is the first time I really like, all right, can we let like someone fucking blast this shit out of the goddamn water? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's not a diss to Amy Winehouse, she's just a different type of style. But like, I feel like Adele is just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm never really fully able to get underneath like what she's doing. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. You know what I mean? I hear that song and it feels so much like she's pressing on her vocals. You know what I mean? But I hear a very healthy, full sound here. When I was trying to put my finger on exactly what the style was with this track and Jerome, and I kind of got like a like Ray Charles throwback type yeah, style. Yeah, you're right. You know Maybe in like 50s. Yeah, like the gospel sort of like, you know, what I say, that type of shit. Like the less polished sort of stuff. And sure, I haven't really gone out of my way to look for music like that, but I couldn't tell you the last time I heard music like this, at least in a mainstream pop rap lane. Lizzo does rap on this album. She does soul on this album, funk rap on occasion it's like CeeLo it's so like challenging to what hip-hop is that I'm just I just throw up my hands and just go like look it's good fuck it <laughs> I would say the album starts really strong I would say the second half isn't as strong going from crybaby to tempo no I love tempo that's one of the ones I've been playing the with fucking Missy Elliott fucking and the flows they were doing on that shit? Nah, I gotta disagree. I fucking love that joint. I think it was interesting because at the very beginning she says, I was waiting for this one. And I was too. As soon as I saw Lizzo had a song with Missy Elliott, I was checking it out. It didn't capture the same kind of bad bitch energy that I think it was kind of going for. And after listening to a playlist of uh, Big Frida tracks, this is what this reminds me of. It sounds more natural when Big Frida does it. On this one, it's like... The chorus is really strong. The lyrics on the verses, especially Missy's, and I know that I really shouldn't expect much from Missy's guest verses. Missy has never been the super lyrical cat, right? But what I think is fun about her is the onomatopoeias. 
that's her style, right? And if you listen to the verse, what's she doing all over it? She's doing that fun fucking like. I love the way she fucking twisted the rhyme with that oh, shit. I, I thought that was fun. That. Okay, I, I see, I think that. I think that's what it is. If you don't enjoy what's happening right there, you're just you're just not in for a good time for that song. <laughs> you know what I thought was weird? Because there weren't many guest verses. But both Missy Elliott and Gucci Mane do that. The exact same thing, because Gucci Mane later, like, oh, it's so cold on my neck. It's like, brr. I'm wearing my furs. And it's like, what are the odds that they would both do the exact same type of play on sound and almost the same rhymes in their guest verses? I disagree with you on that song, but the very next couple of songs, Better in Color heaven help me and exactly how i feel yeah the one with gucci man the one with gucci man everything else up to that point i enjoyed the shit out of it was like power ballad but hip-hop but you know uh fusion funk fucking cry baby that fucking oh that beat hit so goddamn hard and her voice with it it was on some print shit and i fucking loved it yeah. like i'm like okay where's that janelle monet collab we gotta we gotta get, make this happen we didn't talk about coachella last week when janelle monet performed you got the juice there's a portion of the song where she breaks it down she usually brings up two people from the audience to kind of dance she fucking brought out lizzo and it's like lizzo got enough juice to power this whole festival or whatever and they they had a little dance off if they would have performed both of their juice songs <laughs> coachella would have fucking exploded <laughs> oh my god yeah this seems like a missed opportunity <laughs> i thought you were gonna say that i was like oh shit <laughs> then you saw when lizzo had her set uh, Janelle Monet was in the front row just like singing along to all the songs, oh my, dancing. Oh, that's the sweetest thing, man. They're big fans of each other. It's in the works. It has to be. Oh my god, that's awesome. That is awesome to know. That is... <laughs> um, but yeah, that's exactly how I feel is, in my opinion, the weakest song on the album. Yes, it felt like the most Ellen DeGeneres uh, show ready. You know what oh, I mean? Like, oh, this is wow. the fun little, you know, inoffensive joint. And it's just like, all right. <laughs> you know, it felt so like mainstream play. And then, of course, you get like Gucci Man, who doesn't even sound like y'all had a conversation on, you know, before you recorded this. Get like, him the fuck out of here. What the hell was he even doing? Like, it doesn't even fit. Like I said, like, this sounds like the fucking fun, happy, you know, you're going to be doing the dance that someone inevitably comes up to the with the viral hit for, you know, like someone's going to do some viral dance and it's gonna be to this song and she's gonna be on the Ellen Jenner show. You know what I mean? This is that type of song. And then it's like Gucci Man is just like, you, what are you doing? This is supposed to be the clean G-rated song. What are you doing here? You know? Calling it like Ellen DeGeneres Ready feels like so much more of an insult than I think you meant it. Like, <laughs> oh no, no, that, that no, 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 no. Cuts I mean deep it. As hell. I mean, because it. it's so like <laughs> it's so fucking friendly, happy. And the thing about it is, the other song, Better in Color. It's one of those songs that like. I like what you do. Okay, uh, with uh, Like a Girl. That was a song that was like, I know why she's doing this, right? I know why she's yeah. saying like, like a girl, with a fucking big ass powerful, like a girl. I love that shit when that scream happens. Find me up in Magic City, busting hundreds by the bands, and I throw it like a girl. The play on the yes. phrase, throw like a girl. She's That's throwing exactly the hundred. what I mean. Like a girl is such an awesome fucking song. And I gotta say, as far as the musicality on this album, I don't think there's a song that misses a beat. Like, even on um, That's Exactly How I Feel and Better in Color, the beats and the instrumentation is so fucking dope. It's definitely crisp. Well, this is the lyric I, I was thinking about. So he says, uh, 
So if you fight like a girl, cry like a girl, do your thing like a girl, run the damn world, if you feel like a girl, then you're real like a girl. Knowing a lot more about, you know, trans issues <laughs> than before. I was just like hearing that lyric, like catching that, you know what I mean? The sort of dog whistle of like, oh, oh, oh man, that's the sweetest thing. Like, yo, <laughs> the fucking solidarity, you know what I mean? On the other hand, we have better in color. It's fun, you know, it's like the, ooh, you can be my lover cause love looks better in color. And it's just like, it's just slightly too cheesy. It's slightly too, you know, Benetton ad to work. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right, I know, but. <laughs> those two tracks, uh, well, actually those three tracks, Tempo, that's exactly how I feel, and Better in Color, those do have my lowest ratings and it doesn't help that they're back to back to back. But better in color too. I really like the background singers just chanting like, tell them, tell them at the end of all the yeah, lines. Yeah, like, yeah. There's little bits in all the songs. Like the energy on this album overall is undeniable. Even if the lyrics aren't very good, even if, you know, it doesn't hit as hard, the energy doesn't fucking let up. Yeah, I, I don't want us to forget about uh, uh, Soulmate. Definitely a, a highlight of the album, basically about, you know, you are your own soulmate. What did she say? Uh, true love ain't something you can buy yourself. True love finally happens when you're by yourself. So if you're by yourself, then go and buy yourself another round from the bottle on the higher shelf. I like that. You know, I like how it starts off like the rhyming with itself and then that really clever end rhyme. You know what I mean? We didn't mention Jerome. Oh, that shit was powerful. Dude, powerful is like the only way I can describe. <laughs> it's almost a callback to Cause I Love You in the style, that fucking throwback. And I just love the very beginning of it. The look, listen, shut up. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> What's one track? I think it was like one of the first ones. I think it's the second track where right at the end, she she keeps singing like she thought the track was going to continue. And she was like, oh shit, my bad. It was just like the <laughs> Fuck cutest shit, thing. I thought it was going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Like a Girl is such a great song and the chorus rules, but the last chorus is when she's like doing little ad libs yeah. and she's yelling over it and you can tell she's fucking feeling it. So by the end of it, when the song cuts off and she's still going like, <laughs> I can't even blame you. I'm right there with you. But dude, fucking juice. Ugh. Like, th that's, that's honestly, personally, contender for song of the year. Like, overall, okay. I okay. love the shit out of Juice. <laughs> and, like, I'm seeing she's on all these late-night talk shows and whatever. Maybe not Ellen, but she's on all these different <laughs> shows. And she's only performing Juice. And I'm like, man, you know, maybe she should be performing new songs from the album. But, god damn it, Juice is, like, the hand. It's, like, it's so fucking like, good you that... You can't beat those opening lyrics. <laughs> like <laughs> It's so, like, the fucking throwback disco feel of it and it's just so fucking dope i don't even know what else to even say about it it's so good it, it's it came out at the wrong time of the year honestly like yeah. it came out at the end of winter like what yeah, the fuck this is needs that to be a summer jam this totally should have been all oh, song of the summer holy shit yeah you're right i'm hoping it fucking carries over because yeah, it definitely has summer jam we, we gotta give this song a second wind <laughs> mm -hmm. my final rating for this one is uh, a solid five out of five I enjoyed the shit out of it. Even the, the songs closer to the end that were like weren't as good. It was one of those albums where it was just like, you know, like as you're rating it and every song you're giving is just a high rating. You're just like, oh, it's going to be one of those albums. All right. <laughs> and then when you start seeing the lower ones near the middle, you're like, uh oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, you know, the, the last couple kind of make up for it. So you're like, all right, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, this is definitely a solid listen for me. I came out with an average of a four. 
with the strongest tracks, I thought, being Juice, uh, Soulmate, and we didn't really talk about it, but Lingerie, the last Ooh, track. Lingerie, when she does the, let's open the, oh my god, when she says, let's <laughs> open the window and let the world know, and then the, oh, 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 oh my god, I was like, that that was a little too sexy, that was, that needs to be censored, I, <laughs> and I was reading up on it too, where, where she was like, I don't really write sexy songs, but it's like, man, you could have fooled me. I, I, that's what I was fucking thinking. You know, when you looked at it, it was like, oh, this is just a nerdy song. I was like, what the fuck are you talking I'm about? T- <laughs> I, I need to take five. <laughs> the fucking beginning of the song where the funk just hits you and you hear that voice in the background just go, yeah, <laughs> like someone's feeling it. Someone is fucking, fe- someone knows, someone knows that you aren't ready for this shit. It's simple, but it's super fucking sexy, and the instrumental rules, and, like, she doesn't really do too much actual, like, singing singing, but she really lets it out on this one. Uh, I saw on Genius, she she says that it was challenging in a, uh, that this was her love on top Beyonce moment. I see it. I see it. I don't know if she hit the high notes like that, but I totally see it. She didn't do the, uh, she didn't do the key change, but you know. Not not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, remember when you first heard that song? (laughs) And you just heard the, you're like, oh, it's gonna keep going? We're just gonna keep going till we get to heaven, all right. (laughs) You asked me when we were talking about what else we could talk about. We were talking about the, um, the Childish Gambino, uh, music video that premiered at Coachella. I didn't see it yet, but the homecoming uh beyonce coachella documentary i saw her set last year i haven't seen the making of but who boy even being able to perform love on top like that at the end of your show you've been performing for almost oh two my hours God, i didn't even think and see that's what it also is right just like the technical proficiency that you don't even fucking see you know mm-hmm. like you know, you're thinking like, oh, man, it doesn't seem like anything important is happening as you're watching the show. But just like the fact that she's still able to perform that song is the fucking feat. <laughs> yeah, that was like the fucking closer. And it's like, no goddamn way. <laughs> um, but seeing the soundtrack to that album on Spotify and having the songs from Lemonade be on Spotify, but actually not the album Lemonade. I was like, all right, it's <laughs> it's only a fucking matter of time. And then what happens? I fucking this wake up this morning. Is a fucking genius. <laughs> Spotify's like, hey, everybody, we, finally, I know, I know everybody's been waiting, but, and I know everyone has already heard the album by now, but great news, everyone. We finally got the album on, we know. Fuck off, Spotify. It took you, what, three years? And you know, and you know, it's because they didn't want to break off that fucking bread. No, <laughs> they had no like, choice yeah, now. It's not like it's not like oh, you know, the the Spotify machine is not ready yet for the <laughs> incredible awesomeness of Beyonce. Although, wouldn't that be dope if Beyonce did a fucking MC Hammer in the early '90s, fucking too legit to quit? You know, long form music video where she's like, "Why is it limited on a Spotify?" It's like we just can't handle the power, Your Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have this whole mythological fucking thing of why it's not on there. But, like, the only fucking reason why is, like, probably just a fucking money issue. You know what I mean? But with that said, we're going to transition over to our second new album review. Brand spanking new. Brand 2019 is not messing around. Yeah, let me get my belt because it's brand spanking new, bitch. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you had to tighten that shit. But now oh. you got to take it off. <laughs> Taking that belt all the way off. 
we got You Can't Sit With Us, uh, the newest album from the hip-hop collective Pivot Gang, Darren. Dude, talk about, like, I had no idea... Like, I didn't know who they were, but I knew everyone in the group, and it was really weird to just be like, wait, oh, oh, you too? Oh, you too? My experience with them was I follow Joseph Chilliams on Twitter, because after, I think it might have been an album that came out last year, it was so much fun and, like, reference-heavy, which is always a fucking cheat code for me. And I thought that album was great, so when I saw that he had an album coming out with fucking Saba on it, I was like, right? what the fuck? Dope-ass, light jazz, experimental fucking... It's got all the the little uh, tinges and kicks of um, clipping, but less experimental, so, like, I can enjoy the songs a lot more directly because they're more going for the lo-fi, you know, chill-ass jazz vibe, you know what I mean? That's what I dig, especially when they have little crisp little like popping things going on in the production right in death row uh with especially with how the the snaps kind of like they're on beat the first time and then they're off beat but in that sort of like working on the offbeat sort of ways that's just like so cool to hear the rappers rap against it's just uh yeah. the production is so fucking the production is a star here it absolutely is now here i'm gonna be the party pooper for just a second and say that i wasn't as impressed with the album as I thought it was going to be. I was a little let down. It reminded me a little bit of the experience we had with uh, Zarface meets Ghostface, where on paper, this looks like it's going to be fucking stellar, five out of five, and then you listen to it and it's like, man, I mean, yeah, Esoteric's fucking blowing the fucking doors off the joint, but, you know, fucking Ghostface kind of calling it in, uh, Inspected Deck not bringing it like he normally does, like, I really liked just about everyone on this album, but as far as, like, stars, Joseph Chilliams kind of still steps out ahead of most everyone else, lyrics-wise. That's what I was going to say. Okay, so, and it's not that, um, there are certain people that are super nice, I feel like, that don't get that much shine, I, I noticed. Yeah, that's a problem, too. There was one guy's name, and I was just like, what fucking name is this? This guy looks like it's going to be a joke. And then he's, like, one of the fucking dopest on the album, and I was like... Oh, well, shut my mouth and call me dumb. I had the exact same experience. Fucking Benjamin Earl Turner. Yes. <laughs> he had the last verse on the last song. And I was like, where the fuck has he been? <laughs> like, he's not an official member of the group, I don't think. I think he's like a guest verse. Like, Fucking what the hell is this? Fucking verse over here. <laughs> you, had, you had a couple songs. Uh, Carnival, I think, being the main one, where it's a giant fucking posse cut. Yeah, yeah. And everyone has really short verses and it's like what the fuck dude come on the ones that i didn't like in general were the um um edward scissorhands and the mathematics oh no because it was just like it's called mathematics and then like they start off mentioning mathematics and then everything else has nothing to do with it's just kind of like yeah mathematics so anyway my dog tripped over me and last night it was just like what 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 like, I just don't understand what they were going for, so it just feel, it just kind of felt like, you know, this whole album has a general feel to it, right? So you, with every song, you have to be doing something that's sticking out. And with this song, it just felt like it was kind of meandering, so it was just kind of like, all right, well, this song just feels kind of a song lost in the weeds to me, you know what I mean? I do agree that it's not the strongest cut, but fucking Edward Scissorhands. 
That song is dope. I hated the chorus. There's a great chorus from Joseph Chilean. You don't like the chorus? No. I like the chorus. It's fun. Especially when it comes after uh, Jean Doe at the end. You know, she's got this unique flow that sounds like real kind of uh, like chill, like you haven't heard it before, like um, Diggable Planets. Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that real chill ass sort of flow. Right of Death Wish, got the leg bringing deals. Ain't no selfish hoe. Niggas drunken and went to their head. Then we called the nigga at the liquor store. I guess we'll never know what he said. And, you know, she ends like real chill. And then you just hear, you ain't got to trim your bush. You ain't got to add words to his hands. And this is like, yeah. (laughs) It's like, is that what he said? Is that what he said? (laughs) That chorus reminded me a lot of uh, Open Mike Eagle. And I think it might have been the delivery. It felt like it didn't go anywhere. Like, it felt like this should have been, like, maybe a a fun sex song, but then it just wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, with a line like that, you think they would be going there, and then they just don't. And it's like, oh, so why is that really provocative line there, then? You know? I think my biggest problem with the album overall is that not everyone feels like they're on the same page. Like you were saying, you, you got this one person doing this really great verse, and then it has, like, nothing to do with the song overall. You usually only like maybe one or two of them, and the third one's like, hmm. I wasn't feeling, um, motherfucking mellow. Let me see. I I think I actually liked one of his verses later on. That's the thing? I I was like, yeah, he's good sometimes. Like, on Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah, I thought he had a really good verse. Other times, like, like, even Saba on some of the tracks, I was like, eh. But then on Edward Scissorhands, I thought he had a good verse. Um, it was on, um, what was the song especially? Uh, I just passed by Hero. Dude, that beat was fucking phenomenal. Th- that flute. Dude, hip-hop and flutes, man, it needs to go together more. Because, like, that made me like a future song. Like, what? <laughs> I fucking forgot to even mention that on the Lizzo song, Heaven Help Me, that it has, like, that really cool uh, piano and trap-centric instrumental. But then at the very end of the track... You hear the flute. Oh, yeah, that was so dope. Lizzo has been on Twitter and Instagram for the past year playing that goddamn flute. And this is the only time on the album we hear it. Bitch, you emotional. Oh, wait, she plays flute. Holy shit. Let me see. Uh, oh, and then Bad Boys. You gotta love the, these choruses. Brand new biz. That bitch go pew, 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 pew. Oh, pew, pew, pew. Yo, oh, bitch, my you God. Think I'm so cute, 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 cute. <laughs> How can you not love that? <laughs> I thought that was really cool. It was Bible that kind of felt one of the weaker joints to me. I agree. And it, uh, it's not really important, though. I'm just, uh, we're just gonna be talking about whatever. You know, it's just like, oh, oh, okay, all right, fine. <laughs> I hate when they have really good ideas, but then it doesn't go anywhere. Or yeah. they don't focus on it enough. I don't want to blame him entirely, but... You think he's too interesting? <laughs> yeah. He has the ability to make some similes or bring up specific references that you could write, like, a whole verse around. But yeah. he just kind of throws it out there like it's whatever. Like, he's the king You're right. of... He's the king of references you have to think about. Because they don't really make sense right away. And here's where I got to give him credit. He has a thread on Twitter right now where it's a quote from a song and then he posts a gif explaining what the reference is. Like, like you would probably get it. I never watched the show myself, but he's like, um, I give you the eggplant like Courage the Cowardly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then there's the gif of Courage the Cowardly Dog in an eggplant costume. 
That's, uh, that was awesome. That was nice. And there's another one where he starts a verse killing it like Mysterio. And if you look on Genius, someone, definitely not Joseph Chilliams, says, oh, Mysterio is a Spider-Man villain. And yeah. And then he just kind of leaves it at that. No, Joseph Chilliams lets you know. No, it's about Rey Mysterio. Right, that's what I was thinking. Because yeah. he killed a guy. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> oh, damn. I don't know why people would even try to go on Genius, try to explain Joseph Chilliams' yeah. references when he's doing it for you. <laughs> Downvote that shit. Like, they aren't always in your fucking face. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Like, e- even the fucking name of the album is a throwback to Joseph Chilliams' uh, EP called The Plastics, which the whole EP is full of references to the movie Mean Girls. Yeah, I heard one or two of those, because wasn't he wearing some weird pink thing on it with the ears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh But in the context of the fucking album cover, if you look at that, look, if you walked into a room, right, and these four or five dudes told you, you can't sit with us, be like, damn right I can't. You're way too fucking cool for me. I'm going to be all the way over here. And I like, too, that I didn't even know about this because I didn't know the history of the group, but there was another member of the group uh, who was murdered uh, either last year or the year before. And on the album cover in the back of the room, they have, like, a painting of him. So it's like, yeah, he's here in spirit. And they even mentioned that on the song, um, we haven't got to it yet, Studio Ground Rules. uh What? fucking that was the song that got me into them just again the chorus especially when he starts like messing it up at the end but he's just it's just so funny the way he's doing it he's like oh man don't talk back to the father he's getting angry yeah. Dude, I, you smoking weed in the studio with people who don't even like you i don't even smoke and i know that's a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> Don't come up, don't tell jokes, don't rap to us. I love how it was just like the fucking... The don't give me your Instagram, don't give me your Snapchat. That, that's that gotta be like, that verse has to be on, on a little like, um you know, warning sign in the studio when you come in. Don't call next on 2K, you ain't next. <laughs> <laughs> Sit the fuck down. Yeah, the way it repeats things, don't call next, you ain't next. <laughs> You need to sign an agreement before you step into a recording studio. You need to listen to the song first, and you gotta hit a fucking acknowledgement box, like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're so fucking clever, and I hate that I can't say it's, like, across the board. Because most of what I have written down is Joseph Chilliams. Like, this isn't, like, the Wu-Tang Clan album where it's like, oh, shit, you know, 12 electric tracks, and each one of them has this unique... It's kind of like... It's a fun joint, and you'll find people you like. I hate saying that about a posse cut, right? Like, a posse album. I I like being able to say, you know, listen to all of these guys. It's electrifying. But at the same time, I have to be honest. Like, guys like Fresh Waters, I wasn't really feeling them that much. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, because it's not as consistent, it's just like, oh, well, you might find something you like. You might not. You know what I mean? I liked Dinner with John on Bible. Dinner with John. That was the dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was, because I, yeah, yeah, it was, um, I didn't like, who was it, uh, what song was it, Bible? Yeah, I didn't like Freshwater's verse, and I was like, man, this song's kind of coming off whack now. And then Dinner with John came in, and he fucking saved that shit. See, that, that again, bringing it back to Carnival, it's like, Chilliams, awesome. Saba, Mellow, alright. 
fucking Benjamin Earl Turner. Like, it's bookends. But in <laughs> in between, the fucking meat of the sandwich isn't as satisfying. Which yeah, is yeah. why, like, I came out with a total of a three and a half. I was really banking I was going to rank it higher, but that's what I got. Uh, I gave it a four. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for checking us out. If this is the first time you've heard us, all of our old episodes are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now Spotify. Just search Going Off Podcast. That's G-O-I-N apostrophe off podcast. We're both on Twitter. We're both on YouTube. Check out Darren on Station Head, and I'm over on Twitch. And I don't really know when we're going to get back to doing Patreon requests because people are fucking pumping albums out like Kevin Abstract has an album coming out this Friday. Who knows? There is a queue, so you might be waiting a second. But if you want to help us out financially, uh, which we would definitely, definitely appreciate, we're both on Patreon. Just hit up either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. You can check out the details, find out how you can... Get cool little perks, including requesting an album to be reviewed on the show. And until next week, for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Baby. And I'm crying, cause I love you better. You get the idea.